Thank you for joining us today on Women of Substance. I have a very special guest, and her name is Pastor Valerie Russell, and she is a servant leader that's deeply committed to reach the lost and to help people, especially children. Since 1990, she has established a children's ministry, and that has really changed her community. They also have started, and she's executive director of the MAN Network, and uh, that's an acronym for maintaining a neighborhood. And so throughout uh, these last 14 years, they have patrolled um, and they train their uh, people and their employees to patrol the neighborhood there to keep the children safe, especially on the way to school and on the way home from school. And um, they have, uh, there's amazing stories she shares in the podcast about that. Um, Also, she's written a book. She's an author. And then they pastor a church called New Covenant Peace World Impact Ministries. They have eight children and 17 uh, grandchildren and two great-grandchildren. So you will enjoy hearing from Pastor Val. And um, I think the, one of the, the greatest things about this ministry and my husband and I were talking about it is that um, we, you know, instead of just hearing about problems in your community and, and hearing the negative and, and uh, the bad news all the time, um, it's really nice to have some solutions. And as Christians and as leaders in the ministry and church body, we need to be imparting uh, things to our community and impacting in a healthy way, and uh, Valerie and her husband certainly are doing that. So uh, listen in, and you'll be blessed. We want to welcome you today to Women of Substance. Uh, we're so excited to have a wonderful guest today with us, and her name is Pastor Valerie Russell, we welcome you, Pastor Val. <laughs> Thank you. All the I'm way from the Yeah, <laughs> we're excited uh, for you to be with us. And um, how's the weather up there? It's really nice. I think it's like seventy-five out today. Oh, it's nice. When it's dry and it's beautiful. Oh, yeah. good, good. That's wonderful. We're, we're still in a lot of heat down here in Tampa, but you know, that's just the way it is in Florida. So. <laughs> but we're so glad that, that you've joined us and there's so many things that we could talk about. I'd like to start, um, talking with talking about your church there. Um, you're the senior pastor of New Covenant of Peace World Impact Ministries and have been there 20 years. Well, actually, it's 30 years. Oh, 30 years. We'll be celebrating 30 years in November. So, oh, yes. nice. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So, our church, we did a survey. The members of New Covenant of Peace did a survey some years ago to find out what our strengths was, right? And so, we discovered that our main thing that all of our members do is worship God. Like, so we are worshiping people. We are like, we can worship the Lord as long as the spirit of the Lord is moving. So we are people who love God and we've been loved by God. You know, we know that, that God gives us new grace every single morning. And I like to say it like this every single morning and all day long. 
And so yeah. with that same grace and that same mercy, that same love, we we give it to our community. And so we um like we we have this wonderful outreach ministry, right? So we happen to be in one of the most challenged communities probably in our country. And my, our, our community has made um, headlines and the news many times for different things. But the Lord has given us a love for the people, right? And the Bible says to him who has been given much, much is required. God loves us. Woo, yes. Just give me chills talking about how much he loves us. And oh, so man. we go out to our neighborhood and our community and we're ministering that love to other people just you know, we got a message of hope. Jesus Christ loves you. He's not angry with you. He loves you. And he has just this wonderful future planned out for you. And so our ministry is one where when we see needs, we pray and seek the Lord as to how we can meet those needs, right? Because behind those needs are people, people who need the Lord ultimately. And so we're, we're after the souls of God's people. Yeah. That's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, um, especially your, um, uh, your, uh, desire to help your community and to really make a difference. Mm-hmm. And you've done that in so many ways. Um, yeah. uh, one of the, uh, tremendous outreaches that's turned into, uh, a mainstay there, isn't it? It's, it's called the Man Network Maintaining a Neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's all about respect. And it is, it's us going out to the community, like seeing what holes or gaps are in our community, what's missing. You know, um, Man Network was birthed out of some intercession because of the challenges that we have in our community, right? And so we was like going through all these difficult times. And, and so my husband, who was the bishop of our ministry, he was seeking the Lord's face. Um, Lord, you know, so what's the answer? We see all these problems. So what is the answer? And the Lord gave him man network. He said that people needed to return to God first, mm-hmm. to, you know, have respect for God, respect for themselves, respect for their neighbors, respect yes. for our community. And so out of that, I mean, first this whole thing, the, uh, the man network is about 14 years old now. And it's essentially what I said earlier. It's us going out to the streets to find out, you know, what is going on? Why are people so angry and you know, what's the issue behind the violence and the crime and stuff like that. So, yeah, we've been out there for 14 years. Wow. And we started off, like, just patrolling the streets, like, you know, getting to know people face-to-face. We're people just like you. And I, I think that um part of the foundation of the Man Network is it's not us against you. You know, we're all in this thing together. Right. right? Yes. So we go out with that message, and we just, like, reach people right where they are. And we minister love to them. It's like been so many different things to come out of this. Um, so part of what the man network has done is going, going into a high school and we formed a, um, a, a peace corps type thing, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, in our patrols, we noticed that it was a lot of fights and these fights would get huge, like 70 people, like blocking off traffic on, like on, um, on seven miles. Like, you know, what, during the busiest time of this day, we have, you have people fighting in the streets and like blocking off the traffic and stuff like that. And I would cry. I would cry. I'd get on my phone and I would call people at our church. I would say, y'all pray. Our babies out here fighting. And yeah. it reminded me of the marches like back in the 60s. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I had this thought like they're commit, they're saying something to us, but we don't really understand it. And so uh, again, we, you know, we saw the Lord's face. 
the Lord told our bishop, you know, we need to go into the school and listen. You know, many times when people yeah. go into the school, they go or go, go to help. They come with all the answers. Right. We had no answers, right? We were just going to find out. So what's bothering you? What's because children are not bad. You know, they people are not well, <laughs> you know, we born in sin, shaped in iniquity. But um children are not bad, they're not violent people. So right. when people get violent and begin to act out, communicating something that you perhaps can't see through the violence. Right. So we went to the um this high school and for thirty days we just listened. Yeah. Right. So we listened. And we heard stories about um, teenage boys who had to work a job, two jobs, and uh, pay help mother, their mother pay the mortgage and the lights and gas and that kind of thing. And they were still getting straight A's, right? They still oh. had straight A's. And we heard stories about like young people were sleeping outside of the school in the winter with snow on the ground. And so we, God began to like just like open doors for us, you know, young people in some communities, young people get a job because, you know, they might want a cell phone or, you know, get their hair done or go on yeah. trips and stuff like that. But in our community, young people need a job to keep a roof over their head, right? They need right. a job for food and the, the basic necessities of life. And so the Lord had favored us, opened doors, and everybody in our group got a job that summer, even those that were 14 to 15 years old. Now, legally, you can't work until you're 16 years old, right? But some kind of way, the Lord opened the door, and all the young people in our group were in, it had employment that summer, and they worked, they did well. But yeah, um, it's just so many things like that that the Lord is doing in the city of Detroit. It's a lot of help here in the city, you know. Yeah. So I don't want to just keep talking and not get yeah. all this. I think it's awesome with all. And some of the things I read, um, uh, that you, you know, one of the purposes was, was to really keep your children safe, mm-hmm. uh, like on their way to school, on their way home from school. And, mm-hmm. um, whether it's, uh, a community cleanups or, uh, providing like patrols, mobile patrols, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, one instant someone was, uh, helped save a 13 year old that was, mm-hmm. you know, someone was ass- assaulting her. Trying to rape her and, uh, she was, she was, uh, saved by, uh, you know, your network. And then also there was a dead body. Can you tell us about that? Mm-hmm. Well, with the situation about the, um, the girl, um, the God is so amazing. He, God still gives me chills when I think about this. So we have been patrolling for, I don't know, maybe 10 or 12 years at this point. And so we still, we cover the whole campus of where all the schools are, right? And so apparently, I didn't know this, but apparently I had three patrol partners, right? So I'm supposed to be the driver and they, you know, they watch, right? And so all of us are born again believers, two of us from my church and the other two from two other churches in the area. And so we would get together, start singing and praising God and worshiping. And before you know it, I'm happy, right? So I'm not, I'm not exactly driving like 10 miles an hour and really seeing everything that I need to see, right? And so the Lord during that time had given me the scripture that out of the mouth of two or three, let every word of God be established, right? So every time I heard something two times, my ears would perk up, right? And if I heard it three times, I knew God was saying something to me that I really needed to pay attention. So um, with this particular incident, like maybe two weeks prior to, we were at different community events and people said, Pastor Bell, 
well, you out patrolling. You need to slow down. <laughs> and I didn't know. I didn't know I was getting happy. And I was like, you know, I was traveling a little fast. And Hollywood, you know, and going, you know. And so, but that happened to me two times, like maybe a day apart, right? It was really close together where it jarred me. And yeah. I knew that the Lord wanted to show me something. So that following Monday when I went out, I was driving really slow. I was like, I want to show me something. I'm looking around and stuff like that. So um, I pulled around this one particular corner. We were passing this um, garage. It had no door on the garage. And so, um, like, I, um, I looked over into the garage, and I saw two people in a fight or struggle. And this still gave me tears. <laughs> Um, so two people, but I thought it was a boyfriend, girlfriend. I just didn't assume that it was a rape in progress. Right. So I let down my um, window and I started to say, Hey, you kids stop. And she started screaming. The girl was screaming. She was like, help me, help me. He's trying to rape me. Mm. And so, you know, my patrol partners, they all get out. I'm blowing the horn. Like this is like at seven 30 in the morning. And so mm-hmm. people are dropping their uh, kids off at the school, which is like the school is like right across the street from the garage, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, so I'm blowing my horn, trying to get all the attention of the fathers and the other parents dropping off their kids. And so we get out, uh, my patrollers and I, we get out the car and we are like screaming, like, stop it, stop it. And, um, so one of my patrol partners said, um, Pastor Val, do you want me to get her? Like my patrol partners, we are all grandmothers, right? We got great grandchildren, right? And so my patrol partner was like, Pastor Bell, you want me to go get her? I was like, you know, let her get in the car. But um, the young man who was trying to assault her actually steps out of the outside of the garage, and he, you know, I'm gonna stand up, okay? And he did like this. He put his hands up, like, "What y'all gonna do? What y'all gonna do?" Like, like he was trying to confront us, right? And I said, um, like, we're grandmothers. <laughs> we're not out here. But they were grandmothers. And, um, and so he stood there for a moment. And then, you know, he just, he ran off. And um, so I know it was the grace of God because yeah. that young woman shared with us afterwards that this guy was trying to holler at her. You know what that mean? He was trying to talk to her. So he yeah. saw her when she came out of her home. He, he drove his car and she was walking down the street. When she turned the corner, he was like just driving right alongside her. And um, so he was, you know, kept talking. They yeah. got to a particular garage and that's when he got out of the car. He pushed her into the garage and he was at the point when I saw them, you know, like when I focused in, she had her backpack off. It was on the ground. Her jacket was unzipped and, you know, partially off. So she was really struggling and yeah. she thought she shared with us that um she knew that we patrolled that area mm-hmm. and she saw that patrol light coming around the corner and it gave her strength to fight. Right. And so, oh, yeah, yeah. So the the Lord did that because he's like, yeah. you know, you need to stop. You need to right. get out there. And so yeah, to God be the glory for that. And then um the situation with the dead body on the street, this was on in another um school area, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't in our patrol area. But we got a call. I think one of our patrollers at that time was dropping off her grandson. Mm-hmm. Um, and she called. She said, like, got on the radio. She said, I need all units over on this particular street ASAP. 
And um, then she went on to tell us that there was a dead body over there. Mm-hmm. And so we all went, right? We all been trained and stuff like that. We respond. We don't make judgment calls. We just respond. Mm-hmm. So we went over to this school. And I looked over at what she was pointing at as um, a dead body. I was like, no, that's not a body. It looked to be a mannequin. It was so, it was dark like my shirt. And um, I was like, nah, that's not a, a body. But okay, so we just, we cleared the area because there was some children out there at this point. They yeah. were taking pictures and, you know, all this kind yeah. of stuff. And um, and so I called um, 911. Then I called the sheriff's department. And um, so the um, Detroit police showed up first, right? Yeah. And so um, the police officer went over to what I'm still thinking is a mannequin. And he looked over at me. He shook his head. He said, it's a body. I'm still mm-hmm. like, that is not a body. Nobody can, you know, set somebody on fire. That is just really unreal. And so he goes to his car and lets up the trunk and pulls out a sheet, a white sheet, and he takes it over to what I still think is a mannequin. And he puts the sheet over the mannequin's head and blood came out on the top of the oh. sheet. And I knew it was a body. Yeah. And, um, I don't know. I was messed up. I was messed up. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, um, yeah, but it's it's been like some situations like that. But yeah. I, I do want to make sure that I communicate this that it's like a handful of people who are doing bad stuff like that everywhere. Right. And then it's the same yeah. in the city of Detroit. So all people are not bad in the city of Detroit. We we have like uh, one of our colleagues says we have relationship issues. We don't have a crime issue. We have right. like a handful of people. Who, for some reason, their parents didn't tell them when they were babies, you couldn't can't do this. Right. You know, you can't disrespect people. You can't not go to school. So, for the most part, and this is what we get to see when we are evangelizing. For the most part, we have really responsible families in the city of Detroit who are doing the right things. But when you have like a handful of people in the media, love they love the negative, right? And oh, so. Yeah. They will like show that same thing over and over and over and over again. And it gives right. people the picture that, you know, just everybody in the city of trade is bad when that's not the case. But yeah, right. we had those situations and then some other situations that the Lord showed us about, you know, and he had us there before it happened. Like we were able mm-hmm. to prevent that little girl from being raped and taken yeah. somewhere. And then we're praying for her to return home to her family as well. So yeah, God is, God is so amazing. He is. And we're so thankful for the Holy Spirit that guides us and shows Mm -hmm. us things to come. Mm -hmm. Um, Like you said, that's wonderful. Um, Mm -hmm. Also, um, you have several outreaches. It says, including a higher expectations, a program designed to encourage students to be their very best. And um, you expose them to fun learning activities with an emphasis on daily scriptures. That's wonderful. And then reading and math. Um, yeah. and, and so tell us about that. Do you do that at your church or how does, is that done? So my favorite classroom is outside. Like let's go outside. God has created all kinds of amazing things just in nature. Right. And so right. although we do have a church and we do meet there for some things, but when the weather permits, we're outside. We're like, let's go to the park and read at the park, right? Let's go to our math at the, at the, at the park or go to the water park. And so we, we have threaded or weave through, you know, math and reading fun. Like life is supposed to be fun and wonderful and stuff like that. 
So, yeah, um, you know, I, I think that higher expectations is my husband's baby. He's uh-huh. so, he, my, first of all, he was a principal and oh. then a teacher. Yeah. And so, um, so, um, you know, when, when we have, we have people in our community who are failing and they, they don't need to fail. All they need is to sit down with them, take a little time with them. Then so we, yes. we're like, again, we just want to meet that need. And so higher expectations came out of a, us seeing like a handful of people who were failing, like getting straight out. And then we spent time with them reading and just provided the structure. And then they went from getting straight Fs to straight A's and stuff like that. So yeah, um, the, the talent is there. The young people are intelligent. They just really need really good support system. So yeah, yeah. so we do a lot of different things like that, um, to, to show young people that, that God has a safety net. So maybe your parents can't do this, but they're doing that. You know, the Bible says that one of us a plant, another water, but God gives increase. So if everybody gives to our community what they have. Now, I said this the other day, that God is not asking us to give something that we don't have, right? Yeah. So, you know, again, back to that scripture, as much as given, much is required. So God is asking you to give what he's giving you, right? <laughs> and then yeah. he asks you for giving that. How good, how good can it get, right? So, yeah. That's but exactly yeah, we do, right. we do like, like we have, like, I think right now, my favorite thing to do is our evangelism on Sunday because oh. we get opportunity to see young men, like, and primarily, if you want to talk about a handful of people that's like causing issues in our city, it will be young men, right? Mm-hmm. And so we get young men running to us with tattoos, no shirts, and, and they confess that they are um, drug addicted and I need prayer and stuff like that. So uh, I, I had an opportunity to like talk to maybe, I don't know, eight young men over the last couple of weeks and just say to them, you are what the news need to report. Those who say yes, ma'am, yes, sir, and they will stop and listen to what you have to say. And if they want, don't want to hear, they'll say, well, excuse me, I'm on my, I'm on my way somewhere else. But they're very, very respectful. Um, so yeah, I, I love it when our church, like, I, I don't think that we've been ordained by God to eat, eat, eat. Like, so when we go into our services and we worship God, and many times the anointing is so heavily in our, in our sanctuary, so I'm weeping like a baby, like he touched me again and again and again. But once he's touched us so many times, you've got to be motivated to go and share that with somebody else, right? And so we get a chance to do that on Sunday, and it is absolutely amazing. We have a whole team, like a husband and wife team. They barbecue every Sunday, so they cook, you know, uh, bratwurst and hot dogs and hamburgers and all kinds of stuff. And this is geared to, like, get people to come. But, you know yeah. Something I found very, very interesting that the majority of the people who come, they come simply for the prayer because they know that they need God. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, it's, it's been really wonderful. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Wonderful, <laughs> wonderful. Um, I'm, I know it takes a lot of energy and, uh, and then finances and all, you know, uh, a, a team and all, you know, to serve and to do all these things. Yeah. And it's, it's marvelous that you you are all willing to do that and you're the you're the executive director of man network that's just tremendous mm-hmm. um and then um you you uh, i think in some of the the on your website some of it says you know you don't have grant money you you just believe god for 
the finances to do what you do. And um, so uh, we want to you know, encourage people who are listening, if you want to help um, financially support what uh, this uh, tremendous couple's doing in their church, then um, we'll have uh, the website up there and they can contact you and um, help in that respect too. And also, um, I wanted you to talk about, you're an author and have written a book, Son's Brother. Can you tell us about that too? Because some people might want to get that and read that too. Absolutely. One Wednesday in Bible study, my husband was preaching about the prodigal son. And as he was preaching about the prodigal son, I saw, um, and I don't know why I saw it, but I ended up writing the book about it. I saw where some people, they walk away and people who stay, they kind of um, resent them for walking away. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you never know why people walk away. We would like to hope and pray that Everybody who gets saved, they stay. And even with the prodigal son, he still was a son, right? And so I saw how some people, for whatever reason, you know, the Bible talks about how quickly the enemy comes in and he, you know, pucks up that seed, right? And so for whatever reason, people, they don't stay. Like I know a situation where a, a, a parent, a single parent had a number of children and one of them, you know, because the mother was making some choices that wasn't safe, like with guys and stuff like that. One son decided very early on in life that he would just leave. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, he left. And um, so it was like some negative connotation around his leaving. Right. And so but I, I saw some other situations where sons stayed and somebody ended up dead. Right. Mm-hmm. And I felt like people got to make the choices that they need to make to, you know, so they can stay sane, so they won't do something wrong. And then whenever they decide to come back, we need to receive them. We need to just like, you know, you know, again, God has forgiven us much and given us much. And with that same love, we need to be giving it to other people. So when people leave, walk away for whatever reason, and they come back, we, we're supposed to have open arms. God is not remembering the sins of our past. Yes. We need to not remember that this, even if it's a sin, right? We yeah. don't remember the sins of people's past and we just blessed them and loved them and embraced them and received them back. But that was the, the whole message behind the prodigal son brother, because although the prodigal son left and the brother stayed, the brother had issues, right? He's right there in yeah. his father's house all that time. And he, you know, he didn't know that he had access to everything. So he was kind of resentful and stuff. And in the book, I kind of compare like the, okay, so the prodigal son had this issue, but the son to stay had this issue. We all got issues, right? We all have a great faithful father too, right? Yes, <laughs> so, that's yeah, right. Yeah. so that's what the book is about. You know, let people, um, do what God wants them to do, even if they make a mistake. The Bible says that a righteous man will fall seven times, I think, right? And get yeah, back up. Right. So who yeah. are we? Like, I, sometimes I tell my church, if I'm wrong, don't let me be wrong, right? Don't let me be wrong. Don't be out there. Let me mess up, you know, hurt people, stuff like that. Please love me enough to come and tell me the truth. And I, and I think that when we do that for each other, then people are able to stay with God, walk with God, make the mistakes that they sometimes make and then yes. go on with God. But yeah, so that's that's the um the message in the book, The Prodigal Son's Brother. That's wonderful. <laughs> I really like that. And I think that's important to yeah. have that heart to receive people back. 
because, well, like you were saying, so many people at times just have problems and they might leave and not even know why, you know, they're leaving for, for some reason. And, and if they know that they're welcome back, then they, they come back as soon as they're, you know, ready. And as soon as, uh, you know, they feel the, the need for, uh, their, their church body and, and for the Lord, you know, they, then, uh, it makes them easy. It makes it easy for them to come back. So that's, that's really, really beautiful. Um, well, I just really appreciate you joining me today, um, on women of substance and you certainly are a woman of substance and I'm so impressed with, with the work that you're doing there. It's just tremendous. And, and that you have done, you know, 30 years is, Nothing to sneeze at, right? <laughs> Can about. I add one more thing? Of course. The God is faithful. You know, when we, when we say people are faithful, if any man or woman, boy or girl is faithful, it's, there's something that we got from our father, right? God yeah. is simply faithful. I have not experienced like, you know, doing man network and like, um, I had talked a little bit about, um, a, a, another ministry that I had when I first got saved, right? It was like, just like something like, okay, God is good to me. So I'll be good to the, my neighbors. And all, all, before I knew it, we had all these children who come into me with like, have like Bible studies and stuff like that. But, um, I don't know. It just, God has always provided. Like then he gave, he gave us favor with, um, the community center. They gave us a building with the man that where people were saying that you got to get your name out there. And, do this, that, and the other thing. And the Lord has so favored us. We always get free advertisement. Like people come for us. It's like the Bible says um, that people will see your good works and they'll glorify you, God. Yeah. So they see what we do or they hear about one funder that we had some years ago, the Skillman Foundation. They funded us for the first 10 years of, our, of, of Man Network, right? Man Network is uh, 14 years old. The church is 30 years old. And so... They said, I heard you're not even in our, our um, grant, grant, um, area, right? But we right. heard about the work that you're doing. And they said to my husband, like, we want you to come and get involved in what we're, we're doing. And so they supported us for 10 whole years. I mean, we're funding gas cards and like uniforms, like this uniform, right? And, um, the logos, like everything we just had. And, and God sent the people, God literally sent the people today. We started um, the security company like a year ago, uh-huh. maybe two years ago. But um, we started it because we had faithful, faithful, faithful patrollers who were like senior citizens. They had one income and it really didn't benefit them financially to be out there on the street like three hours in the morning, three hours in the afternoon. And then put gas in their tank. It was like really taken from them. Right. And so we decided that because of the request for security, that we would start a security company and we would hire our patrollers first. Like we, and, and even with that, Doctor Word, God is so amazing. Like we get the greatest security jobs, like in buildings where God is just moving and blessing and providing for communities. And we were just saying, we just like, it's just like we are just in a place, and I think we've always been in a place where God says to us, "Not by power." Not by your might, but by my spirit. And as mm-hmm. we just let God have his way, it's just really been phenomenal, like every step of the way. So, yeah, I'm so, so very grateful to know that God is real 
and have the opportunity to, to share that with other people, right? Yes. <laughs> and, and I love that, uh, you know, just bringing out what you've just said um, about just stepping out in faith and doing what you know to do, whether it's you have children over, start teaching them the, some scriptures or take them, like you said, to the park or yes. uh, help them, you know, get to school and back safely. And then now it's developed and, and, you know, really impacted your community. And now, like you said, the LLC. And so, um, you know, I think sometimes, and I want to encourage women here and empower women a little bit, maybe even inspire them to uh, start doing something that's in your heart to do, even if it seems small, because y'all started with just those small seeds of, of doing good and, and loving kids and uh, wanting to protect, you know, and, and look what it's turned into. I mean, it's really amazing the scope that it's come to. And and y'all y'all aren't finished yet. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'll just share a little bit more. So I I was at a, a meeting, um, I think it was at somebody's birthday party, but it was a um a service and I was like sitting there in the service and a prophet Donald Coleman, who happens to also be a judge, right, in the city of Detroit. But anyway, he was preaching. And he was preaching for Pastor Tate and he stops preaching and he calls up my husband and I and he started giving my husband his word like God is sending you houses, buildings, property, and land. Like he said it over and over again. And so like my husband, you know what he does when or living right now? He called <laughs> it his day job. So during the day, he works for this company called Detroit Detroit community solutions so they come up with solutions to help again young people like they strengthen young people but also they have two senior buildings like they built from the ground up they really really nice and they are affordable uh and real nice but then it's like i want to say 38 houses on the other side of our city that they also these are wonderful beautiful homes they have garages and they own nice size lots and stuff like that so Families can move in and they, the kids can run around and play. Everybody had a space and that kind of thing. But I, I literally am blessed by God to hear God say something and then see it come to pass. I'm just like blown away by God. Well, sure. <laughs> yes. That's wonderful. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he is. Yes, he is. All the glory goes to God. Yes. Lord. Yep. Well, but we God. appreciate Pastor Val so much you being with us today and, um, uh, we'll we'll put the website up if people want to to uh, give financially and pray, you know, and then also get your book. We encourage people to get the book and read that. And um, you know, if if the Lord's moving on you to do something in your community, just start. Mm-hmm. Just you know, step out and mm-hmm. and do something. You know, somebody said a long time ago. Do something small, lest you do nothing at all. And I think that the small kind of scares us. Oh, well, this is so insignificant. But really, uh, great things come with with even small beginnings. So we appreciate you. You've inspired us today. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. God bless you, Pastor Val, and your husband. All right. Thank you so much. Uh All right. God bless. Well, we're glad uh, to hear some wonderful things you know sometimes we hear so many negative things uh as pastor val said on television and news uh it's you know so pessimistic and everything is bad but it's great to hear what 
uh, wonderful things are happening too. And we appreciate so much her church and her ministry and uh, what they've done in the city of Detroit. So um, uh, go to her, her website and see how you can help. And God bless you today. We want to invite you to tell others about Women of Substance. And uh, we look forward to being with you next time. God bless you. Well, thank you for tuning in today to uh, this podcast. We have another one coming up. In fact, it's every other week, the first and third Friday. Hopefully this has spoken to you. If you would like to, we have a magazine. It's called Grace and Faith Journal, and it comes out once a quarter, and we'd love to send that to you. It has interesting articles, and then it tells what we're doing at Horton Ministries International to help people and to minister people around the world. If you want to email us at office at scarlethorton.com, then you can uh, give us your address. We can send you our Grace and Faith magazine. And if you're in Tampa, Florida, come see us at Grace Harvest Church. We pastor a local church here. Uh, but we mainly want to pray for you uh, and encourage you. So, uh, again, if you need prayer, email us for prayer. We'd love to do that. And uh, tune in next time. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.